0: So there was recently an NIH conference on grants that happened a couple weeks ago and they actually used Slack as a, a live tool during the conference to disseminate information as well. And it really worked well even for that audience of thousands.
1: Welcome back to the Faculty Factory Podcast, everybody. It's Kim Skorupski here from Hopkins, and with us on today's episode is Dr. Julia Johnson. Dr. Johnson, hi, how are you today? Good, Kim, how are you? Good. I want to thank you so much for joining us today on our Triple H, the H3 session of Habits and Hacks from Hopkins. Julia, why don't you start by telling everybody who you are here at Hopkins?
0: Sure, and thanks so much for having me today. I am a current junior faculty member in the Division of Neonatology at Hopkins. I've actually been at Hopkins for just over 10 years now. I first came for pediatric residency and then completed Neonatology Fellowship, and I've been a member of the faculty since 2017.
1: Your career has been pretty exciting. I know that you direct a lot of clinical research and The fact that you're working on seven papers right now and have a grant due in a couple days speaks to the testimony of someone you want something done. You ask the busiest person you know. Carry on, Julia. Uh, Yeah, I just
0: wanted to mention that my research interests are in uh, neonatal infection prevention, particularly in low resource settings. And I recently completed a Ph.D. from the School of Public Health in clinical investigation.
1: There you go. Further evidence, MD, PhD in spare time. So Dr. Johnson um, volunteered to share with us some of her healthy career habits or efficient routines or some practices that um, helped her be the amazing leader she is here at Hopkins. So Julia, what is your little tip for today?
0: Yeah, I think one thing over the past 10 years that I've noticed is that we have such a wealth of resources at Hopkins that it can be really overwhelming for trainees and junior faculty members to figure out their path and take advantage of all these resources without feeling lost. And so my division has had a group called uh, the Clinical Research Meeting, which meets on a weekly basis for over 20 years. But within the last few years, we've reformatted the group to be a little bit more practical and to focus on methods and um, putting people in touch with clinical research resources. And one of the key aspects of this group that's really been helpful for my own career is maintaining our Slack page. So um, Slack is a platform that is used commonly in the business world and increasingly actually in medicine too. So we created a Slack-based group for our clinical research meeting. And I maintain the site, uh, and it's really helped me stay organized, stay on top of all the upcoming events at Hopkins that might be of use to me as well as other members of my division. So the webpage is organized into different channels, and so we have general announcements, but we also have things specific to, for example, career development, global health research, grant writing, journal clubs, writing accountability groups, which, of course, Kim, you uh, developed and championed at Hopkins. Um, and so... The Slack account allows uh, users to interact um, in these perpetual chat rooms and also take advantage of any resources that are pinned to particular channels, so slides from a previous talk or a flyer about an upcoming um, uh, research opportunity, things like that. It's also directly linked to Google Calendar, and so any upcoming event that has to do with clinical research that ends up in my email inbox. I immediately put on that Google Calendar so that all the information is in one place rather than in 500 different emails in your inbox, which can be pretty overwhelming for an individual to go through. Um, And so while it's helpful for everybody in my group, um, it also makes sure that I'm aware of all the upcoming events and that I make sure that I I take advantage of of all the resources. And it's really been instrumental in um, moving forward with grant applications in particular as I was working on my K. You know, participating in grant seminars that were being offered through Hopkins and making sure I caught upcoming speakers that had to do with the science that I'm interested in. So it's been a really wonderful experience um, and something I hope to continue throughout my career here.
1: So I've heard of Slack. So thank you for sharing all that. It was a nice, concise synopsis. Can you um, help me, and maybe somebody else listen to this, unless I'm, I'm... I'm sure I'm not the only person who's this, you know, ignorant about it. But what is the difference between a Slack account and, say, a shared drive, you know, a, a shared file folders, a SharePoint, or um, Teams that my program coordinators are getting me to jump on Teams for conversation? So, can you help me put this in better perspective for the utility of it and how it differs from? shared drive and can you help us understand that? Yeah, I think what Slack does well is kind of combine key features of all
0: those different tools in one platform. Um, So I have used, you know, jhbox and and now OneDrive um, pretty extensively and also Dropbox for non-work related things. And I really consider those things primarily a file repository. And while you can upload files on Slack, You also can accompany those files with posts um, that you can cross-share in different channels and you can organize things more efficiently. And it also allows people opportunity to have a conversation. So anybody can reply to your message or, you know, share their own experiences. And so it's actually frequently used for conferences. So there was recently an NIH uh, conference on grants uh, that happened a couple weeks ago, and they actually used Slack as a, a live tool during the conference to disseminate information as well. And it really worked well even for that audience of, of thousands. So I, I think of it as a little bit more interactive. I personally have not yet used Microsoft Teams, so I cannot speak to um, how comparable it is to that. Um, but it certainly worked well, and it, it basically limits the group to people who have uh, an email address with your organization. So it's a little bit more difficult to share with outsiders, for example. But within our divisional group, everyone does have their JHMI email account and is able to therefore take advantage of the different channels and, and look for opportunities. You can also pin certain activities to a channel so that they'll always appear, so that things that are posted several months ago that are really important don't disappear. And any sort of um, uh, file that's been uploaded will always remain there. And you can directly link to Dropbox if it's a larger file that you don't want to directly post to Slack. You can create a link to any sort of Google Doc, any Dropbox file, et cetera.
1: So this sounds, now I'm getting excited as much as even technology annoys me. It sounds exciting. So two things, is it, at least two things, is it free for not only Hopkins people, but any other faculty member around the world listening to this? And secondly, as many of us know, <laughs> different tools and gimmicks and, you know, um, things pop up through our lives and we think, oh my gosh, I'm thinking of like RefWorks and Endnotes when that came about decades ago. And I thought, oh geez, it's another thing we have to learn. But then it saves you time on on the on the backside. So I'm wondering how much time did you have to invest in this to learn how to use it? Yeah, I think um,
0: it's actually been quite user friendly. I it was recommended to me by someone who works in uh, software development, actually, and he said that it was an exceptional tool. It is free, which was one of the the main appeals for me. Um, And I would say uh, using the site and setting up the account took minutes and then kind of orienting myself to all of the different tools, I would say, within the first couple of uses, I felt very comfortable. And at this point, I orient every new member. So every year when we start with new fellows and new faculty members, I spend our first meeting orienting everybody to Slack and kind of going over the linked Google Calendar as well as our schedule for the year. And, um, I have not heard any complaints. I would say there are probably some faculty members who use it more or less often than others. Um, I think, uh, you know, some of our fellows are probably a little bit more facile with, uh, technology because they've grown up using platforms like this throughout their educational process. But even the senior people who've been involved in the group have found it helpful. I would, I would say especially for the linked Google Calendar. Um, And just repository of information. So, for example, that NIH um, seminar that I attended was difficult for a lot of people in our division to attend, but the NIH resources provided were made uh, publicly available. And so I, I selected key documents from that seminar and immediately posted them on our Slack account so they were available to everybody.
1: I'm trying to envision uh, blowing this up for, you know, us in the Office of Faculty Development, where we have at Hopkins, you know, 3,000 faculty members. Julia, in your experience, do you think a Slack account and this platform is, uh, makes more sense, I guess, for a smaller group of people? Or would you imagine that in a school for thousands, that it would make sense to have a Slack channel? Or it sounds the way you're you these pages are very specific so it wouldn't be necessarily um just ended up some some, would it be be like another like website if it got to be too big or too many diverse heterogeneous users you know with a
0: focused purpose it could still be useful for a full group i could easily see the office of faculty development using it i know some other larger groups at hopkins do use it so for example the center for global health has its own slack account Um, And that they invite anyone who's interested to join, so just not just faculty members of the Center for Global Health, but those who are interested. And so it's landed really well. I've also heard that some residency programs actually use it, Uh, not our um, own pediatric residency program at Hopkins, but throughout the country, there's been several residency programs where it's been mentioned as a tool that they've used. So I think it's really what you make of it. It could be a single user posting all the content. If, for example, there's an administrator for a particular group that has access to all this information, or it can be more interactive with all users posting useful content and kind of uh, having more of a dialogue, which I think is probably my preferred way of using it.
1: Amazing. Sounds wonderful. I love it. That's a great tip. Um, and it's clearly worked for you and your group. So anything else? Uh, closing statement? Anything you'd like to say, Julia?
0: Yeah, no, I've really um, enjoyed um, my time here transitioning from training to to being a faculty member. And thanks also for the opportunity to participate in the junior faculty leadership program. I really appreciated that experience and um, looking forward to share more of these tools as um, opportunities arise. So um, please, anybody, feel free to reach out to me if you have any questions about Slack and its utility.
1: Dr. Julia Johnson, MD, PhD here at Hopkins, finishing up seven papers and a grant that's due on Friday and directing clinical research and busy, busy, busy. I so, so appreciate you, Julia, um, and your generosity of time and sharing with us this Slack account. Everybody check it out. Sounds great. Uh, Till next time, we'll talk to you later on the Faculty Factory podcast. Bye, Dr. Johnson. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.